Hi, this is Colleen McGee bringing you episode 150 of Fort Riley, the podcast. Last week, our commanding general's mounted color guard bid farewell to their first sergeant as he retired and passed the reins to the next leader. We learned from him the importance of the color guard as the team represents the army, the benefits to the team members, and what the last two years of serving with the CGMCG has meant to him. Sergeant First Class Roy Curtis Walters, and I am the first sergeant for the Commanding General's Mountain Color Guard as I ride out into the sunset. Um, and I change out this Thursday. I just thought, man, let me let me just share a little bit about this last two years of getting to represent uh, 1ID in Fort Riley by riding horses for the Army um, and, and talk some of the challenges, but mostly the rewards. Okay, so when when was the first time you heard about the opportunity to be part of the Commanding General's Mounted Color Guard? Yep, in March of 2020. So I just got out here in January, um, and my family had went down to see some of my, I think my mom, and Salina had Equifest, and it was um, where you can go watch clinicians show you how to ride better, and I said, oh, man, let me go over there. I'm back in some good country, and... Uh, let me go see what skills I can learn. Um, and I first saw them and I was like, this is a job in the army. And immediately I, I knew I was hooked. I went and met their first sergeant and we were very kindred spirits. I'd say old souls and right away made that connection. And really for the next year, cause he had about a year before he retired, we built on that relationship. Now, how often do you have to recruit people? Is it an ongoing recruitment process? That's kind of like always ever developing. Um, Ideally, you want to stay at about 30 soldiers or troopers, as we call them down there. That can be challenging. As you know, the Army across itself is hurting manpower-wise. So we decided the first year, man, we need to only do our candidacy during um, what we used to call um, off-season, which... Event season runs from March till October, maybe late September. And then from October to February, we would do our candidacy, which lasts um, 60 days straight. That first year, that was great. We picked up like eight or 12 um, candidates and we could just focus solely on them as much as you can put into 60 days straight with learning everything there is to about uh, equine. Um, They had a real good foundation. Now, that gets challenging because we it's a two-year program and people kind of start leaving throughout the year. And so we decided then, and truthfully, you have to chase the brigades. And what I mean by that is when a brigade returns, you probably need to try to see if any of them are willing to give up their soldiers. Because it's not that um, the brigades don't want to. They're just strapped for soldiers as well. Um, they're hurting. They want to support. They know they have to support. But it has been a challenge. People come down to my office probably once or twice a week, um, if not more. Oh, I saw you. I want to do what you do. What is this? How do we become a part of it? Um, So we end up taking an application, and we'll have stacks of applications. So whenever it comes time for candidacy, we start calling through those applications. um, And if we're not getting enough leads or numbers, then we'll put out a little recruitment. Maybe go up to the PX with the horses, and that tends to spark interest. Talk to me about some of the ways you've seen the troopers change from the beginning of their time with the CGMCG till the end. There's a bit of a correlation because that first year, 
there was a whole culture change. Um, they had been off for COVID, and then prior to that, there was a bit of this cowboy club, a lot of individualism, best rider, um, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, when they would compete for best rider, but there was kind of this cowboy club. It's just the way it was. And honestly, at first, I thought it was cool. Like, I'm like, man, this is, you know, back to the cowboy roots that I, I grew up with. But what we realized real quick is uh, it's it's not an I thing. Um, to, to be proficient and effective in what we do, it was very much a team effort. Um, and so we really focused on our individual ownership of it, and it became a team effort. As for the way the individuals, it was that buy-in. That first year you're on the team, and especially us, coming out of COVID, where we were, it was first time events were allowed to happen, and reestablishing that, that first year, we were just figuring it out. And everybody was scrambling to understand their piece. Well, about a year in, people started figuring it out. And it was amazing to see the care for the horses. So not that they didn't care for them too, but like in depth, like over the, you know, when we got off that event season, we're down, you had people like looking into the grain that they had. Um, do they need supplements? Here's why. They started calculating their training time they had on the horses versus, you know, risk to injury. Same as you would for like, as we mitigate ourselves. Um, heat index, chill, I mean, all this stuff. So that buy-in into ensuring the horse's health, it was so neat to hear the conversations go from, hey, what are we doing and how do I, to what's the best for the herd. That was the most amazing transformation I saw. When you take this job, you be instantly become an ambassador for the Army. You are Fort Riley's front page news, um, and you better be prepared. And one, prepared to speak, but two, you also want to be prepared on how you look on a horse, how, how you're riding, how, I mean, just all these things. So it was work ethic and attitude. Those are the two things that got you on, you know, that we look for. And that third, this last time was ownership. And that's what we're seeing is these uh, troopers are coming in, NCOs are coming in, and they're owning it. They want to represent. They were like, I want this. Um, and so there's this transformation of them of personal courage. I mean, they are digging deep, right? Um, and on top, like, you're down there. It's not uh, when you get hurt. It's how bad. That's just the truth of working with live animals. So they're, they're dealing with working with some rowdy horses at times, but in that they're training them. So then they gain this confidence of skills that were outside anything that they came into, right? Your MOS, yeah, there may be a couple things that we pull from, but really we're digging deep into some new territory and breaking some new ground. And many of them come from backgrounds where they did have horses, but there are quite a few mm -hmm. that come that have never seen a horse up close and personal before yep we've had them all the way from you know grew up was riding before they walked and others that the only thing that they ever got on was the horse outside of walmart for a quarter um, but we didn't discriminate against either if you grew up riding you might have a bad habit that we need to teach you how we ride um, and then on the back end if you're brand brand new you may be extra timid around just walking around horses but the plus is we're going to teach you how exactly we want you to ride and we don't got to break anything new in the end the excitement and the awe of getting to just ride for the army is is equal whether it was your first time 
or, or your hundredth time. For you personally, what did you gain from the time with them? I've gained so many relationships outside the military that I didn't know uh, or would have had the opportunity to. Um, my guys hear me say it all the time. The show and the performances we do is half of it, but it's the relationships we've made along the way. It has opened up career opportunities outside. I had done some announcing for the Army or emceeing, but now I have job offers to co-announce. Um, the gains is a reinforcement of my confidence of not just who I am, but who I can advocate for. And so when you're passionate about something, and after 19 years, I'm passionate about the Army, and then you add my other passion of horses and cavalry traditions, yes, please. Now you're winding down to your last, what, days? Yeah. Let's just say days. Thursday. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of got to be bittersweet for you. It is bittersweet because I know, and this is why I've come to terms with, that I have put everything I am into into the Mounted Color Guard and into those soldiers and as best as I could to the herd and just brought this thing collectively, we, but being a leader, brought this thing out of COVID and made it into something that I'm very proud of. And last year we had a successful, amazing season. Um, I mean, we were hitting bucket lists that I personally never thought, you know, when I first got there, here's some of the bucket lists. And I had to explain those to people. Hey, I want to go shine frontier days. They're like, what is that? And I'm like, it's the world's largest outdoor rodeo. Then I think back of these small hometowns where you drive into this hometown and as you're coming in on the bank sign, it says, welcome commanding generals mountain color guard. And they're outside applauding you. And you're just thinking, man, this is the America that I joined up for in 2003. And, uh, yeah, it's bittersweet. How do you feel as you hand over the reins, so to speak? I'm nervous. And it's only, the nervousness is only because it takes about a year in the seat. We've had a good long handover and I'm super grateful for that. It wasn't a, a quick right seat ride, um, both the commander and the new first sergeant. And I do think the new um, command team will do just fine. Um, there's a balance they're gonna learn. You can only army this working ranch so hard. But once that balance is um, figured out, they're gonna have their you know, ideas and they're gonna be great. Um, and it'll change it in a direction that I just assume will be positive. Um, so it is very bittersweet. So as you, like you said, get ready to ride off into the sunset, what kernel from this time is gonna, you know, this, that little nugget that's gonna stick in your heart for the rest of your life? Mm. Our farrier, um, when, when you take the seat, and before, I'd been coming down for a year before I even took it, and I was always smiles and, oh man, you know, just visiting, and then that first bit, smiles. And then you learn the politics of this, right? And the politics become heavy. Um, and I, I went down there to visit, and I was probably griping, to be truthful. Uh, and I said, man, it's just challenging, you know. I don't understand why they don't see it the way we do. You know, if I said Humvee, they would understand. But because I say horse, it's just, you know, uh, a whole nother language. Um, and he said, don't let the weight of it all change who you are. 
And I wrote that down and I stuck it up on the sticky note. And it, I, I just gave it to a soldier um, right before I left because she, they were going through a hard time. And I said, hey, this held me through for two years. This will be uh, for you as well. And uh, the weight of it all can weigh you down. But if you don't let it change who you are, then, man, sometimes you can pick up that weight and really run with it. And what would you say to somebody who's thinking about, who just found out about the CGMCG and, boy, those heartstrings are, are thrumming? What would you I, say? I'm going to tell you that you can go see the Arizona in Pearl Harbor. You can go to the 9-11 Memorial in New York City. And all those things of history are so impactful. You just sit in in, in this awe and uh, solemnness. Um about history, right? And then you have us, and we are a living history. Those horses are alive, and they they just bring something that is, it, it just ties it together so quickly, right? It just brings the past, and, and, and right now, and it's making old school look brand new. Um, and so I'd say, if you don't know anything about horses or this has sparked your interest, come down, have a conversation. We're going to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, because as rewarding as it is, I promise you there's many hours behind each of those things that I'm not telling you about. Most of Post doesn't understand what we do. That's okay, um, because those that choose to do it sacrifice a lot. Every weekend that you uh, enjoy four-day or those are a parade or event somewhere for us and we do it with honor but you're going to put in some hard work but it will be the most rewarding job in your career i just want to say thank you all for the opportunity to ride with you and thank you to the public for having us out there so that we could bring in those stars and stripes and you have reminded <laughs> this old veteran, why he joined. Thank you for listening to Fort Riley, the podcast. Oh, 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 oh.